This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Just fixing my big tartan scarf here because it's actually cold here. I told y'all I hated to be a Debbie Downer and be totally negative, but I kind of figured we weren't going to get a whole lot of fall. We just got like a week or two, and now all of a sudden it's colder than you know what. <sighs> I can't say it. I'm Even though we're allowed to say anything we want on um, a podcast, I just can't bring myself to be one of those people who, because I've listened to some of the podcasts like that. I'm like, wow. These people really have potty mouths and they are not ashamed. They are just, they're just spreading all their profanity into the ether. And I just, I don't want to be one of those people. Um, so welcome to the show. It's Friday, Friday, and I'm so excited to be here. I have a ton of great things to talk about today. First of all, I saw already in the comments in the chat room, people are commenting on the fact that the investigation has gone from being simply a matter to something criminal. And that is appropriate because what the Democrats did was attempt a coup on the presidency of the United States under the guise of a foreign entity or foreign actor being associated with the proceedings. And just know this, and we'll never have, like, I'll never be able to say quantifiably, I can prove to you that this is true, um, that they would have done this same action and tried to impeach Hillary Clinton if she'd won. The whole point to this is that she was supposed to win. And since she didn't, they needed a plan B. So we wouldn't know anything about any of this if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency. So praise God for his providence and what he's been able to do with this situation in spite of the swamp and everybody else. Um, Now, you know that Anybody who knows anything is right now, they're looking at their health insurance policies. They're looking at their, they're looking at everything. They're worried. They're thinking about how, how can I possibly testify with the Clintons being on the, the business end of this? Because the Clintons will, they'll, they'll fix you. They'll, they'll make sure you, you don't have anything else to think about ever again. That's why they call it Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, people who used to live in Arkansas that don't live there anymore, Because the Clintons, you know, yeah, I'm not even going to say it on this good air because I'm, I I like Hillary Clinton as a person. She's a grandma and I like all grandmas. And I just want to make sure people know that in my book, any person can be cleansed of their sins and become made right with God. And so there's no need for um, the Clintons to be looking at me or thinking about me at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's the prerequisite disclaimer for um, people who might be thinking that, you know, some kind of a car accident is in the offing, if you know what I mean. (laughs) All right, enough joking around. Today on the show, we will be talking about defunding impeachment. So this is a story by Brian Darling, who... I consider him to be a colleague in the in the writing sphere. He's amazing. He writes some of the best pieces. And we don't always agree 100% on everything. But if if anyone takes a subject and thinks it through and can come up with some really great ideas, it's Brian Darling. So I want to start off with that. 
We are also going to delve into a few other items. Um, And so now, of course, as soon as I say, let's delve into these other items, my laptop is like, you're not connected to the internet. Yes, I am. Oh, here we go. All right, I'm back. See, you can hear the thing going off. Um, One of the things that that we're going to discuss besides his idea on how to defund impeachment is to um, delve into this Antifa thug getting 18 months for attacking a Trump supporter and um, President Trump saying we're going to keep all of the oil captured in Syria and bring it home. And then we are also going to discuss how math is racist. Okay. So happy Friday to everybody in all the streams. Thank you so much for being here. Um, (laughs) And uh, let's talk about this defunding impeachment. So Brian Darling is writing over at townhall.com about conservatives in Congress needing to step up and preserve the separation of powers. Now, there's something important about this. Our founding fathers didn't just come up with our current form of government uh, you know, willy-nilly. They tried and experimented and came up with this after much, like, much work was done, um, much trial and error, so that this was the best solution for human beings who are flawed and we're, you know, we sin, we we make mistakes, and we aren't good at governing ourselves without certain strictures being set up for us, right? And so that's why the founders chose representative government, because it's the the form of government that keeps you in closest contact with those you've sent to uh, not rule over you, but to govern for you in your stead. So House Democrats are using the impeachment provisions in the Constitution to wrestle power away from the president and undo the 2016 election. And this is garbage. Now, there are ways for the Senate Republicans and the president to fight back, and that's what he goes over in this piece. Shutting down the federal government until the impeachment controversy is passed is what he says um, he, he would do. He says next month when Senate Republicans have those bills come up for um, consideration that have shutdown provisions in them, they should shut down the government until the impeachment is over. So the, that would force the Democrats to do something or pay the price of being responsible for the government being shut down. Now, they have no interest in truth. They already know what the outcome is going to be. They have no interest in giving the president any way of responding to the allegations that have been made against him. And they keep having these secretive hearings where the Republicans who would be most likely to derail the process aren't allowed in the room. They're using procedural maneuvers in order to make that possible. So they want to make it possible to damage the president in a kind of Soviet-style trial that makes it possible for him to be impugned and attacked, but he's, it's not possible for him to defend himself. So impeachment is supposed to be a quasi-judicial exercise, and this is evidenced by the fact that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court presides in the Senate if the House sends over articles of impeachment. So... Uh, the House is treating it like a partisan legislation process. So the Senate conservatives have something in their arsenal that they can do to get rid of this whole thing. And that is to stop funding the government until the Democrats end impeachment and get back to legislating. The Republicans should make a vote to fund the government, a proxy vote to fund the Democrats' impeachment of President Trump. The president already seems to be on board. NBC News 
has reported on October 23rd that with funding for federal operations set to expire on November 21st, the political class here is beginning to plan for the possibility or the likelihood in the eyes of some that President Donald Trump will shut down the government to try to turn public opinion against House Democrats for trying to impeach him. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the move right there. If Because I didn't I say maybe two weeks ago, I said, I want to see the Republicans get together and grab 100 interns from all over the place and set them in the room. And each of them has a copy of all of the procedural rules and legislation that cover the impeachment process and to pick it apart until they find a way to end this. Because those interns will do it. Fill the room up with sodas, pizzas, custom coffees, you know, uh, sushi, um, hot bowls, hot pots, you know, the ramen bowls, and they'll, they'll get it done. For senators, a vote to fund the government should be made into a vote to fund impeachment to get them on the record now. Now, the president has already tweeted about how he wants people to fight harder, and I'm with him. If you are a Republican and you haven't gone Lindsey Graham 2.0, what good are you to us? And, and I'm serious. I know and I, I was told by someone recently, um, you know, timid people don't have it in them to do some of the things that people like yourself are always, you know, trying to push on them. And, and I understand it takes different kinds of people to live in this world. And I and I think some of the best things that can happen to you, like if, if you're in a quandary or you're having a rough go, tenderhearted people will come alongside you and they'll they're so empathetic. They'll make you feel better. So we have a place in our world for timid people, but we don't have a place in our Congress for timid Republicans. We don't have room in our Senate for timid senators, not on the GOP side, because whatever wolf blood the Democrats are drinking, they're 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 sucking that stuff up with like it's going out of style. They're addicted to it. They're constantly sharpening their fangs to try to take a bite out of anybody who's on the right just for being alive. That's that's how they roll just for being alive. And so in response to that, first of all, when you're on the when you're in the right, I don't mean political right, but I mean, if you hold the correct position, if you are in the moral right, you don't have to be as toothy and sharp fanged because the truth is its own answer. The truth is its own sword. That being said, we still need people who are willing to pick that sword up and swing it. We can't have these lily-livered Republicans who are afraid of their own shadow going up against these wolf-fanged Democrats. Because as I pointed out yesterday, and as I'm pointing out now, they're not, they're not just out to hurt Republicans legislatively. They're not just out to win political battles. They want to destroy people's lives. If you go up against the Democrats, they actually want to end you so you never come up against them again. Why do they have to have that attitude? Because they're on the morally repugnant side. They're wrong. They are wrong. And when I say they're wrong, I'm talking about the bedrock basics of right and wrong. Is it right or wrong to say, I didn't win the 2016 election, so I'm going to spend the next four years trying to impeach this president? That is not what impeachment is about. They are on the wrong side of our Constitution, of history, of actions that they're permitted to take as elected officials. And so that's why they want to destroy their opponents it's anger it's venom but you can't go into an angry venomous situation with you know your knitting needles and like I got this scarf on today because I'm trying to keep myself warm because it's a bit chilled up in here um, and I don't want to cut the heat up you can't go in there with your your tartan scarf and tug it around your shoulders and and kind of say okay you know 
guys, guys, we need to be nicer to each other. That's what you say to the preschoolers. And even then you got a couple of preschoolers who are just buck wild. They, they wild out at home and they're ready to wild out in that classroom. And they'll look at you like, oh no, <laughs> ah, that sweet voice isn't going to do it for me, lady. I need a little bit something tougher. Yeah. I need some, some 180 proof. If you're going to get me to sit down, I may be three, but I'm a tornado. I'm a three-year-old tornado. These Democrats are like 60 and 70 year old tornadoes and they've been festering and swirling around for a long time, but they're not tired and they want something. If they don't taste some blood out of this president, they're not going to be satisfied. And in response to someone who's looking for your blood, you're going to go in there with your sweater vest on and say, well, we just don't think what you're doing is right. No, you're going to do like Representative Getz did earlier this week. He gathered up some of his comrades in arms and they knew they were in the right and they stormed that skiff. They stormed the secure skiff with pizza and sat down and said nothing goes on further here. Uh, you know, because we're staying, we're not leaving. So if your proceedings have to go on without us, then they won't go on because we're here to eat pizza and take names and kick butts. And uh, we're not out of pizza and we're here for the duration. There you go. So this is what we have to have. More people, if, if whatever Gates has inside of him, if we could go and extract a little bit of it, a couple of vials and pump it into everybody else so they could wake up out of the stupor and get down there and do something, not just to defend President Trump, although that is the primary goal here, but to defend our way of life, our system of government, the thing that makes us America, the thing that makes people want to kill themselves to come live here. Equality under the rule of law, meaning that justice is supposed to be blind. You are not supposed to be able to be impeached just because people don't like you. We are not supposed to be selectively prosecuting people in the swamp. Democrats get a free, get out of jail free card. Republicans go down the hill. I, did you see the news today? And I don't I sometimes I hate going into the stories where they're purely legal because I don't want to get the legalities incorrect. But, you know, we've had Sidney Powell on the show before. and She's amazing. She's her energy in person is like she is so professional and kind. But you can tell underneath that surface is a buzzsaw just waiting to get cut loose. That woman is whip smart and she's an expert. She's intelligent. She's got this. There's, it's like a, a tiger persona. It's underneath. So she's very, very, she's, she's nice. Like I enjoyed interviewing her, but I could tell underneath, boy, she could cut you. She, she could cut you. I mean, seriously. Um, so she released some information today about how background information, lightly redacted her 36 page brief that she filed on behalf of her client, uh, Flynn, that he, he basically was just railroaded, railroaded. So, yeah, the dominoes are starting to fall. Criminal investigation. Um, and Brian Darling has the genius idea of defunding this whole thing. Let it rip. Read these op-eds. Share them. They'll be in the show notes for today. And let's do this. Let's go into the weekend roaring like lions because we are right. No more whimpering. Warrior mentality. All right, we'll be back in a minute. on the right. Okay. Welcome back to the show. In case you're caring, <laughs> just in case you're wondering, what is she doing in her spare time? Um, yeah, yesterday I went to the nursery that is in 
our old neighborhood. So, you know, we moved about seven miles from our old house into this place about five, almost six years ago. And so there was a nursery there in our old neighborhood that it's family owned and it's just glorious. It's, it's, there's like a main house on the property and then another little house that's been converted into the store. And, um, there's, it's just so cool. I wish, I wish that everyone could have a nursery like this in their area. And so every year they have, um, during the month of October, you can spend money that's named after the nursery that you earn during the year when you're buying your dirt or your mulch or your, your plants or what have you for your garden. You earn these little bucks and you can spend them in October. So I didn't have very many this year, but I did take what I had over to spend and I found some terracotta pots, which then prompted me to look online and Google about liming, lime washing terracotta pots because I saw some terracotta pots that were you can purchase them they're already lime washed and I thought I wonder if I could do that with the ones that I purchased and then off I was off to the races on all the websites last night might have been past my bedtime I was on my iPad looking at these these cool um these you know how these interior design blogs are the women just they just spent all their time doing interior design which I kind of used to do that a little bit when our kids were smaller and they were at home. I used to do all these projects and get stuff done, you know, with when they were taking naps or on playdates or whatever. And so I still do a little bit of that, but not as much because I have this to do. So just in case you were wondering, what what is she? I That's what I was doing. I was looking at these images and trying to figure out if I should buy the... It's a little bag of lime that goes into the ground. You actually put like a couple of tablespoons in it into the the soil near your plants to change the pH of your soil so that your plants can flourish. You can also put it into your potted plants, depending on what the plant is, obviously, but you can also mix it with a little bit of water and paint it on the outside of the terracotta pots to change their color from the kind of orangish terracotta to whatever color you'd like, actually. You can change it to a lot of different things. So there it is, in just in case you were wondering. <laughs> okay, so back to this. Um, so talking about Dr. Crockford, um, the, just to close it out, their CFACT, which is a part of this uh, investigation over at thepowerlineblog.com, points out a comment on its own forum by a liberal who boasts of getting two academics fired. He says, you will be pleased to know that in the past two years, I successfully had two deniers fired, forced resignations from their university positions. One was a prolific W-U-W-T, Watts up with that, W-A-T-T-S up with that contributor. I discovered a nice twist to the freedom of speech tale. You can say almost anything except yell fire in a crowded room and are free to make a fool of oneself but cannot invoke one's pedigree to do so. So example, you can state your doctorate or disciplines but not your college, professional body memberships, and imply they agree. So that's how I've been knocking them off, by going to their employer, professional registration, professional memberships, or their alma mater. I have three scalps lined up now, infant stage, but they will collapse like dominoes. Now, notice how they talk about people that disagree with them. They want them fired. They want their lives destroyed. Now, I don't know about you, and I will, I will look at it. If you, if you disagree with me right here, this is your invitation to prove me wrong by sending me links showing me conservatives who are sitting up talking about taking scalps or getting people fired from their jobs. For the most part, when we disagree with people, we just want to disagree with them and argue in the court of public opinion. And whoever wins, wins, and we live to fight another day. But we're not trying to destroy your life. Um, I, I've, I've had people who are conservatives tell me, in fact, there's a one lady 
you guys were, will, might remember this story. Um, you might remember that back when um, I was at the old place, there was a big discussion about vaccines. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I had to, I, I didn't realize I, I still had the, uh, the chat room up, but now you can see me. Um, there was a big discussion about vaccines. And as you guys know, I grew up military brat. My dad was in the army. So we didn't have any, would you like to take these vaccines? It was have your children uh, give your permission slips in. Kids are getting vaccinated on this day. And if there was anything that was an extra vaccination, it happened at school. And parents, there were no people who didn't get vaccinated unless they were, the kid was literally chronically ill. And then they would get excused. And I don't, I don't even remember that happening, but maybe one time in my whole childhood. And I grew up from birth to high school graduation and after my dad was on active duty in the army. So my attitude towards vaccinations is not that kids can't get sick or have side effects from them. It's not that certain kids shouldn't uh, be given an exemption. It's that this wholesale idea that all of a sudden vaccines are horrible and they're responsible for autism, that I don't agree with that. And that's my opinion. So I expressed that opinion at the old place and was descended upon by another radio host's buddies and a whole bunch of their minions. And they were not there to disagree with me. They were there to take down my page, report me to Facebook, and get me fired from AFR. And one of them, she told, so she followed me around from place to place and I started blocking her. She was following me around online trying to make comments. And when I blocked her from Facebook, she went on Instagram and said, I am going to to get you fired from your job. You'll be sorry that you blocked me on Facebook. So I mocked her. And then later on in the summer when my contract wasn't renewed, it wasn't until like a month after that that I remembered that she had posted that on Facebook. And I thought, could that even be that this woman was able to get me let go from... But And apparently it's not connected. There, I was never given any indication that this woman was the one who you know got AFR not to renew my contract or what have you. But again... This is a symptom of leftism. Instead of just disagreeing with you, and, that, and that's why I'm so suspect of, of the vaccine anti-vax crowd. If you are an anti-vaxxer and you listen to the show and, and you know you love it and you're, this, is not, this d- does not describe you, then please don't get mad at me and say you're disappointed that I have made these statements. I'm talking about my own experiences. People who disagree with vaccines have threatened me. Not just my job. They've said they're going to come after me because what I'm doing is using my platform and going against the Bible, which says nothing about vaccines. There is nothing in the Bible about vaccinating or not vaccinating. And this is something that I think is is symptomatic of people being kind of baby Christians. It's where everything they do, they think they can take the Bible and use it to bludgeon you over the head if you disagree with them. Now, some people might say that about me, but I actually... I didn't write the Bible, and the Bible does say the things that it says about pro-life, about protecting other people, our duty to defend other people if we can, Um, the Good Samaritan story. That's in the Bible. I didn't write that. But as far as the vaccine thing, it's really not an issue of whether or not I agree with you or disagree with you because I can't make you get vaccinated, nor can you stop me from getting the flu vaccine, for instance, if I planned on getting that. It's just a conversation. It's a debate. Some people feel that vaccines are linked to autism. They have doctors that they follow that they feel agree with that. Other people feel that it is not true and they have evidence that they feel supports that. I, for myself, our kids are vaccinated. Coming from my background, it wouldn't even occur to me not to have our kids vaccinated. 
It just wouldn't. And when we were doing that and our kids were younger and there were people who weren't getting their kids vaccinated, I was always a little puzzled by it, but I never felt the need to deny their right to do that if they had gotten a clearance from a doctor or official to do that. And I never felt like they needed to destroy their life. And that's what makes me think that the vaccine crowd, it, their behavior mimics that of liberals. When you disagree with them, they call their friends in, they call in the cavalry, and they spam your page. That's what happened to me. They almost shut my page down with comments. When I went through and saw that they were making fun of my appearance, making fun of me being a mom, mocking my Christianity, I began to block them. I dropped the ban hammer. I did that not because they don't have a right to comment. They don't have a right to comment on my page. Any person can be anywhere on Facebook until the place where they are, the person who runs that page, in this case it was me, decides they shouldn't be there anymore. They weren't adding to the discussion. They were simply insulting me. After I banned them, they messaged me and said, well, I support AFR and you can't ban me from your Facebook page. I'm going to tell the people at AFR. I'm texting Tim Wildman. That's what I got. I actually said to someone who, who messaged me that, I said, well, AFR doesn't run my, my Facebook page. It is privately run by me because it existed before I was ever affiliated and it will exist afterwards if anything should ever happen. This is my page. And you were blocked for making insulting comments, which I do that to liberals, conservatives. You could have on a Trump hat, Trump shirt, Trump ring, Trump tennis shoes. If you are insulting or use profanity, you're probably going to get blocked. That's just the way I run stuff because there's only me. If I had a team of people to run my page, I could be more selective and give you more opportunities to make a fool out of yourself. But since I don't, I go ahead and just do what I need to do so I can get back to my life because my Facebook page is not my life. I'm in real life every day. I have to have some time to do that. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I want to highlight the behavioral similarities between people who don't believe in vaccines and people who are Antifa members, liberals, hardcore folks that they literally, if you don't agree, you have to lose your job. You need to be hurt. I'm going to come for you. And I was like, you know what? If you come, please know that I live in a state that has stand your ground and the castle doctrine. Don't come unless you're sent because you're, this, this isn't the place to come. You, it's, this isn't a receiving ground for you to come for me just because I disagreed with you on an issue that we as people, I'm never going to meet any of you. Or if I do, I, when I meet you, I'm not going to have a vaccination in my hand and try to stick you with it. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> disagreeing on it does not actually impact your life. So I don't understand that, but it is something that you see with these liberals. This comment is indicative. I've seen this so many times. I've been having people threaten me with losing my radio position since I had one. People threatened me with never going on the radio again back when I was just a contributor on the Almond in the Morning show. And we would be talking about Mitt Romney um, and and uh, his ideas versus Barack Obama's when they were running in 2012 and even before that when it was Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in the primary and it was John McCain and I didn't want to support John McCain and I didn't want to support the, uh, the Obama and I hated Hillary and well I'm going to call over to MS Communications and make sure they never have you on the radio again because as a Republican you need to support the nominee I'm like wow so you're a Republican and you're like threatening me I said, try me. I remember at the time I went to Jeff Allen. I said, hey, Jeff, would I be like not able to come on the radio anymore just because I'm not ready to support John McCain? He was like, please. (laughs) 
said, we please, when we decide, he said, you will decide when you no longer want to come on. We're not going to be telling people they can't come on here just because they don't want to support somebody this early on in the primary. And that was the way it always was. But that's the behavior we're talking about here. And it doesn't come from a place of maturity or a place of actually wanting a substantial debate or um, to be able to hear other ideas or what have you. I even had one lady say, I thought you were teachable. I thought we could teach you something. You're not teachable. You always seem so teachable on the radio. Well, I'm not here to get taught. If this isn't the Teach Stacy on the Right show. It, it never was. I'm not here to get taught by a bunch of people who disagree with me on an issue that I have actually already researched. That's how you get here. Just, to, just for anybody who's thinking about emailing me, that's how you get here. You go do the research first. You become an expert in a subject area. Then people look to you for your opinions to contribute to the conversation. They don't ask you to come contribute so you can learn from the conversation as if you don't know anything. What is the point of having somebody who doesn't know anything do a radio show or do a podcast or anything like that? So it's not that I can't learn anything, but I'll tell you what, I can't learn from you if you're going to threaten me, call me names, or make the place where I'm trying to share and disseminate information into like a war zone. And and I've, I guess you probably think or can tell for the conversation that I'm having that I was most disturbed by this because the people who were doing this, the people who descended on my page, they were all Christians with the fish on their timeline and the pro-life emblem on their timeline. And they were the, some of the nastiest emails and messages I've gotten thus far from the people who don't believe in vaccines. So this is not just a problem on the left. It's a problem on the right too. But I will say that the leftists are the ones who've perfected it and they're the ones who want to see you lose your job if you don't agree with them on, let's say, like Dr. Uh, good doctor here, geez, Crockford, Dr. Crockford, who's telling the truth about the polar bears burgeoning and what's happening to her? Well, they're trying to destroy her. They're trying to take away her livelihood, her ability to make her mortgage payments and pay her bills and do the things that she's she's earned the right to earn a living, getting all that education, going, it's hard work to become a, working scientist in the United States or in Canada and to become a member of the academic world and to do the things that she was doing. It, it, so I, I just find it unbelievable that this, this is the way things are going for her. And, and I really have a lot of sympathy for her. So that being said, um, I also want to talk about the Florida Senate. Finally, 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 in my whole world of waiting on stuff. And y'all know how horrible it is to wait on things where none of us really good at waiting. I have been waiting for this story for so long. I'd almost given up. So the Florida Senate has actually finally decided to take Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel off the job. Finally, he became a household name, obviously, after the tragic shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School down in Parkland, Florida. That was last February. And those kids were killed by a gunman who was deranged lunatic extraordinaire. And the police arrived on the scene while the gunshots were still flying and stayed outside and let kids die. And Broward, after, of course, the shooting was over and the investigations began, it became clear to so many people that Broward was being poorly run and that Sheriff Israel was a horrible sheriff. 
and that he needed to be removed. But then partisanship got involved. And partisanship is, it can be the death knell of anything good happening. But in this case, they were able to pull it through. So Governor DeSantis actually said he was going to get rid of Israel and it's taken him a while. And I'll give you the details on it when we get back. I hear the music. Um, so stay right there. <laughs> Stacy on the right. Stacy on the right. <laughs> so over in the chat room at StacyOnTheRight.com, um, Smoke says his youngest daughter is a chemical engineer and she has a permanent tan. <laughs> well, then she must be a part of the patriarchy, Smoke. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding. Um, you know, as someone who we've, we've met a lot. So as soon as one of your kids decides to do whatever career path they choose, then the next year or so you'll spend meeting all the people who are already doing that as a career. It's It's like... The same way as if you buy a white car, then you see all the white cars on the road. All of a sudden, every other car on the road is white, it seems like, and you never noticed it before. It's the same thing with if your kid goes into engineering, you just bump into engineers. And we've been bumping into a lot of people who graduated from the school that our kids are going to. So uh, it's it's interesting because we don't we don't see any of these subjects as being racist. In fact, I think one of the things that's that's uh, it's an interesting phenomenon is that so many people who have joined in the tech revolution who do the networking and uh, tech support and all of that are minorities. So it's like tech support is like customer service for the computer world. And that seems to be an area in which minorities thrive. And, and so I don't like stereotypes, but most stereotypes are rooted in some truth. And if that's the case, then how are so many minority people, black people working in tech support if Math is racist because you have to know some math to be able to do tech support. So Tammy is over in the chat room. She says the leftists want everyone to be divided into little disenfranchised factions. It's all about control. So smart. Like I'm not seeing Tammy before in the chat room. At least I don't remember. But she's brilliant. Yes. Thank you, Tracy. Uh, Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, White Panda. Thank you, Smoke. And everybody else who's in there. I can't read all the names um, on this interface. I'll have to click over to the other one. So. To close out this story from over at the Lid blog so we can move on, because I have a super, super cool story about ultra pure water and neutrinos. And I want to get to that before the end of the show. He says, uh, Jeff Dunnett's over at Lid blog, says he consulted with his son, who's a senior in college and an applied math major. His son tells him that math is not anti-Semitic because Jeff Dunnett says if it's racist, it's also anti-Semitic because he's Jewish. Because he didn't understand geometry and trigonometry, the curriculum, and the two students who stole the, the, and started selling the region's answers were expelled from a Jewish school. So obviously, everything having to do with math has to be anti-Semitic. Well, his son says it's not. He says, Dad, I am Jewish and I understand math. Now, Jeff says when his son tries to explain to him anything having to do with the math that he does, it sounds like he's speaking Chinese. Jeff Dunnett says his son tried to explain what was correct and incorrect about the math the characters use in the Avengers Endgame movie. And he just was like, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you sound like you're speaking another language. Well, I tell you what, 
I feel the same way when my daughter is talking about dissecting this thing or that thing or removing the skin from this thing or that thing or 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 the math that she had to do before she got uh, to college because she finished her math requirements before she actually enrolled full time. And sometimes I'd say, what are you working on? And she'd say, well, I'm comparing these two and everything after comparing these two, I couldn't understand. But it's not about me understanding it because it didn't make it racist because she understood it and I didn't or anti-momist because she's a child and she understood it and I'm an adult and I don't. It's a matter of me saying, you know what, instead of doing the radio, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to learn math. And I'm going to start at the level where I left off and have someone tutor me from there and I'm going to take classes and I'm going to learn it. And if I set my mind to do that, I could do it. That's the difference here. It's not that you can't do it. And it's not that it has anything to do with your race. It's that you decide what you want to learn. And when we tell students that things are racist and therefore they don't have to learn them, we're letting them off the hook. It's the same as, to take another example that you guys were right here for, and you watched the whole thing. You were literally the guinea pigs on which we experimented when Noah taught me how to be a producer. Taught me how to cut audio. Taught me how to maneuver the buttons. Taught me how to live stream from one place to another. Taught me how the interfaces work between the Sony Handycam and the Mackie Mixer and the streaming computer. Taught me how to use a Rivendell computer, the same ones that they use in studios all over the country. Now, I don't have the fancy touchscreen job, um, and mine is like it, obviously not brand new, but it's the same thing that producers use. They just have the better interfaces and fancier, newer equipment because they're working at multi-million dollar companies and I'm here in our little studio. So had I said at that point, well, they just got rid of me because they're racist or this equipment is racist, I never could have learned it. And we wouldn't be doing this live stream right now. Well, we might be doing one just like I used to. Sometimes I'll do a video on my phone. I'll go into Facebook and turn on the live stream button and I'll live stream from my phone. I've done them walking up and down our street and in the living room and everywhere else. We'd still be doing that because that would be the level at which I could still operate. And those are fantastic videos. I'm not judging. But what I'm saying is you can't get from where I was over the summer to here without me making a decision. I I remember it. I get the bad news on a Thursday afternoon. And on Saturday, I was talking to my husband and I said, I'm, I don't feel like I should give up. What do you think? And he said, give up. What, why would that even enter your mind? I said, I'm just trying to see if you think on the same lines as me, I'm supposed to keep going. And he said, you absolutely are supposed to keep going. So what are you going to do next? And in that moment, I stopped for a second and I said, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to learn whatever I have to learn to keep this show going. And then I immediately started searching for platforms. Can I, can I live stream? What can I do? And I started calling people who were already doing the live streaming, who they were never on terrestrial radio. They never had syndication contracts. They never had any of that stuff. They just have always done it themselves. I called three of those friends and sat while they talked with my pen and my paper. I still have the folder with the notes in it right over there. And I took notes while they talked because I decided I'm going to keep going. So am I a paragon of virtue? There's a, there's a couple things that I could be doing, like the Skype computer. <sighs> I got to spend some more money to buy a Skype computer and learn how to work that interface. And Noah's completely willing to train me on how to do it, even help me to get going with it. But I have not yet pulled the trigger on that because I've been busy working on the LifeZ TV. LZ TV is what we've been kind of, I've been putting my focus there. 
because I feel like that's a great expansion for the program. It's a great platform. And I really like the people over there and I respect their work. So I haven't worked on that. But do you notice there it's all about decisions? And so that's the most important thing we can do is tell our kids when they're struggling with something, don't give up, first of all. And second of all, make the decision that you're going to conquer this. Decide in your mind that you're going to conquer this subject. And if that means, um, you know, <laughs> that I got to give up playing video games or hanging out with my friends for a couple hours every weekend so I can get tutored. Or if that means, you know, and I, I hate to say this because I know a lot of parents are very, very religious about having their kids involved in the sport. And our kids have always been involved in sports or something. But if it is a choice between academics and sports, if you have to take a year off from basketball or soccer or what have you to get a mastery of math so that you can be on grade level as a senior, you've taken calculus, then that's what you have to do. And when the parents get on board with that concept, when parents say to kids, I'm behind you, I'll work extra hours to make sure I have the money to pay for the tutor but you have to be willing to sit with the tutor and not doze off or play video games. You have to listen. You have to do the homework. Are we in agreement? When a parent will say to a kid, I'll do what it takes to get you the help you need. Will you do the work? A kid on the inside, it's like you got a little pump and you're pumping them up. You're pump, you've pumped that kid up. That kid is now, their back is a little straighter. They're like, wow, my mom is willing to work a few extra hours so I can get a tutor. I'll do it, mom. I'll, I'll, I'll sit with the tutor. We can do it for two months. We can do it for three months. We can do it for the first half of the school year. Whatever you can do. You start looking. If you, if you put some prayer on that and look, you'll find someone who'll say, I'll work with your budget. What, what's your budget? Because I want to see your kid excel at math too. Tutors are like that. Not all of them, but there's a ton of them. Oh my goodness. We've met some really kind-hearted people. And worst comes to worst, you get a kid who's a couple years older than your kid who needs to earn extra money and you pay that kid to tutor your kid. So you won't have a master degree professional tutoring your kid, but you'll have a kid who already has passed that class, who knows how to do the math, teach your kid how to do the math. Work the, the system. The system is get it done however you can get it done. And so I just feel so bad for the people, like all of us here in this audience, we know better. We know math isn't racist. This isn't going to impact us. None of us is going to tell our kids tonight over the dinner table, forget all that math study and you're doing math is racist, forget it. But there are kids out there who they don't have parents who know right from wrong or who know better. Those kids are going to get told that math is racist and they're just going to, it's hard. It's hard. If you don't understand it, if you haven't had a background where your parents are teaching you math from three on, it's hard. So you're going to give up. And that is so wrong. Because these are kids who have great brains who, if they just would do the work, if they had someone to tell them what to do, the right thing to do, they could be out there in the world making it. This, these are the decisions. You decide math is racist in eighth grade, that means you're never going to college. That's what that means. You decide math is racist in the 10th grade, it means you might go to a college and choose something super easy like basket weaving or black studies. It means you're never going to be in that group of people who earns a million dollars in income before they hit 30. You won't be there because you can never earn $200,000 a year if you're working as um, black studies uh, teacher's assistant for $28,000 a year. I mean, these are the things, these are the little decisions that set you on a path, then that path leads to something. The Bible says it leads to destruction. A little folding of the hands, a little taking of a nap leads to poverty and hunger. Check it. I didn't write it. The Bible says that. <laughs> Just don't, don't hold it on me. All right. So 
the super Kamio Kande neutrino detector. This story will be in the link. This is something cool you can share with your kids. Uh, like at dinner tonight or tomorrow or whenever, when you're, you're sitting there with your kid and you're thinking, I want to say something that like dazzle my kid. Here it is. The Super Kamio Kande neutrino detector is a physics experiment the size of a 15-story building, and it's buried under a mountain in Japan. Neutrinos are subatomic particles that pass through all of us all the time. Studying them can tell us about supernovas and the composition of the universe. The detector is full of ultra-pure water, which can leach the nutrients out of your hair and even dissolve metal. Hidden 1,000 meters under Mount Aikino in Japan is a place that looks like a supervillain's dream. Super K, as it's sometimes referred to, is a neutrino detector. Now, when scientists study neutrinos, the particles, they can detect dying stars and learn many, many things about the universe. So Business Insider spoke to three scientists about the, how the giant gold chamber works and the dangers of conducting experiments inside of the chamber. This is all about the subatomic world, first of all. So neutrinos can be very hard to detect, so much so that Neil deGrasse Tyson dubbed them the most elusive prey in the cosmos. They have a video there by him, but let's skip on. Matter poses no obstacle to a neutrino. A neutrino could pass through 100 light years of steel without even slowing down. So why would scientists want to catch them at all? Well, if there's a supernova, a star that collapses into itself and turns into a black hole, then if that happens in our galaxy, something like Super K is one of the very few objects that can see the neutrinos from it. So before the star starts to collapse, it shoots out neutrinos. So Super K acts as a sort of early warning system, telling us when to look out for these dazzling comic events. And then it has a picture here of the Crab Nebula, which is the result of a supernova explosion observed in 1054. So... The back of the envelope calculations say it's going to be about once every 30 years that a supernova explodes in the sort of range that our detectors can see. If you miss one, you're going to have to wait another few decades on average to see the next one. So Super K doesn't just catch neutrinos raining down from space. Situated on the opposite side of Japan is Tokai, the T2K experiment, which fires a neutrino beam 295 kilometers through the Earth to be picked up in Super K on the west side of the country. Studying the way neutrinos change or oscillate as they pass through matter may tell us more about the origins of the universe, God, uh, for example, and the relationship between matter and antimatter. So this thing is gorgeous. It's a bunch of what look like gold balls stacked on top of each other going up to the ceiling, which is also covered with gold balls and the floor is covered with gold balls. So I wanted to share this to you with you today on the show because it's Friday and because we were talking about how math is racist and the Japanese people are over there using gold balls to catch neutrinos and learn about supernovas, which are the result of black holes collapsing. Woo! If your brain's smoking hot right now from all that info, good on you. God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. More Stacey on the right on Monday. 